Welcome, friends, to January 12th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. 1942. FDR brings back the National War Labor Board. It was originally formed in 1918 by President Wilson as 12 representatives from business and labor that intended to strengthen the position of labor. By 1920, 15% of non-agricultural work was unionized. The board disbanded shortly after the end of World War I. When World War II hit, Roosevelt wanted to prevent labor union strikes since there is no time for that nonsense in the middle of a war with two other countries. The NWLB's goal was to mediate between parties involved in industrial disputes, to intercede and impose settlement in order to prevent any pause in production, and later would be able to control wages and prices by stipulating that any adjustments of wages had to be cleared through it. Nineteen fifteen. House of Representatives reject proposals to give women the right to vote. U.S. Representative James Cotton Tom Heflin, a Klansman from Alabama, was a leading proponent of white supremacy, who wore a very flamboyant Prince Albert coat, battle-breasted vest, and an obnoxious tie. He was one of the original supporters for Mother's Day because, in his view, the women belonged at home. They certainly shouldn't be allowed to vote. And he preached this to a Southern Democratic room full of white men who agreed with him. In the end, Cotton Tom, as he was known for the bills he supported, was defeated by 1937 in three more elections for the Senate seat. He took his political career and his ludicrous Prince Albert costume and retired in Lafayette, Alabama. Okay, that sounded better. 1846. Daniel Hudson Burnham was an American architect, raised and educated in Chicago, who gained his early architectural experience with William LeBaron Jenny, the so-called father of the skyscraper. According to Wiki, with John Root, he pioneered the construction methods which made modern skyscrapers possible. He designed the dramatic flat iron building in New York City. Burnham also gained his reputation as a city planner. In 1909, Burnham and his assistant Edward H. Bennett prepared the plan for Chicago, which is considered the nation's first example of a comprehensive planning document. 1975. In Super Bowl news, 1975. Franco Harris and the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Minnesota Vikes in Super Bowl IX. And in Super Bowl III, Broadway Joe kept his word. No one thought that the Jets would beat the unstoppable Baltimore Colts in 1969, especially a team from the lowly AFL. The Jets were 19-point underdogs for Super Bowl III, and Joe Namath told a heckler that they would win. In fact, he guaranteed it. Tough talk. But as the game got underway, the Jets drove 80 yards in the first quarter and drew first blood. Then the defense intercepted the Colts three times, keeping them from the end zone. After a few field goals, the score was 16 to nothing. The Colts would score in the fourth quarter, but at that point, it didn't matter. Now, the AFL and NFL would have a legit rivalry, and Joe Namath would go down as one of football's greats. Finally, 1974, The Joker by Steve Miller debuted on the pop charts back in October of the previous year. 
but inched its way to number one on this date in 1974. And that's it for January 12th on Joe's Daily U.S. History Lesson. Thanks for listening.